Hey, this is Trish and Kate with Growing Up Grounded. On today's episode, we are going to talk about what we've been doing on our break and cover the whole cancel culture letter that's been going on and as a hot topic. Right, Kate? Yeah. And it is the first episode of the season, so welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Very exciting. And the funny thing is we haven't even really been talking all that much. No, I've been I mean, normally, very, very busy. Yeah, normally on a break, we uh, chat quite often. I mean, we've had some short talks, but not our normal long-term conversations. Long-term, not long-lasting. I know. I mean, I was with you for two weeks in March, and I have visited you several times. Yeah, but we were still recording. Yeah, that's true, but still, I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't make it seem like we're, like, not talking at all, because that's not true. Correct. Just not as much as usual. Yeah, I've been a little overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, I found that after I finally went back to work, that after not um, using my brain for very much, because even if I did stuff that was using my brain, it would be like I would maybe do it for an hour or two and then take a break when I was off work and then like working for a full eight hours and using my brain was very exhausting. It, it yeah. took me about two weeks to get to where I didn't feel just completely overwhelmed once I went back to work. So is that about how for long sure. it took you? Um, I think for me, it was more like the physicality of it that I struggled with because I was still working, you know, like right. mentally I was working from home pretty much every day. Um, but the physical labor and my store has stairs. So like running up and down the stairs so much, um, doing all of that. Like I was, it took a while to get used to, to that. Even simple things like making drinks. It took a while to get back into the flow of like, here's what that's supposed to look like. Or here's yeah, how they like do that, that rhythm. So yeah, I'm definitely back in it now because it's, we've been open for so we opened in April, right? So mm -hmm. I've been open for a while because it's July now. August? It's August now. Today is the first <laughs> of August. The first of August. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's. Yeah. So. And we should say, I mean, we're both really lucky that we're able to go back to work, but it's just, it was just, I was surprised at what an adjustment it was because I felt so ready to go back. But then yeah. when I did it, like I would come home and just like, I can't do any more thinking or anything today. Mm -hmm. I'm done. My brain is yeah, decided. I was not ready to go back. You guys I went back not. really early. Yeah. And I, because I never actually took any time because I was working from home. It was, I've had, I feel like I've had no time to cope with the world the way it is right now. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a challenge for sure, but you're right. I mean, I, I consider myself very fortunate and I'm definitely not trying to complain. It's just, um, I don't know it because my mind is so occupied with all this stuff that I'm trying to process all the time. I feel like that's part of the reason we haven't talked and we haven't really been able to record. It's just, I can't unplug. It's been, it's been hard. Yeah. I was thinking a lot about this idea of the transition that America's going through right now in general like there's days where it feels really hopeful that things are going to change and other days where it feels hopeless 
And so that's just like a mm-hmm. constant roller coaster as well. Yeah. Um, but there's definitely change happening. And even I think in general, we want to see the results of that change happening right away. I think in hindsight, we'll know that this was the crux of when things changed, but I, I just don't know how long it's going to take to actually have it. Too long. Anything longer well, than I today mean, is too long. That we're right still, now. I mean, when we <laughs> talk about rights for, uh, brown and black people. Yeah. Too long. We shouldn't even be having this debate right now, but yet here we are. Um, but there's going to be so many other things that, that come from what's happening right now. Like there are a lot of very intelligent, educated people who are working on ways to change the system. And that that's part of what makes me hopeful. Yeah. I, I have to hold on to that for sure. That like one, you know, one day we'll be able to look back and say like that the pain we went through and the effort we, we went through now is, you know, what led to whatever bright future is to come. But I spend so much time just consumed with anger at people I know, people I don't, just the world in general, the government, whatever. It's very challenging um, for me to have energy for anything else. Even when I try not to devote my energy to that, it's, I can't, I can't turn it off. And that's without even going to really any protests or doing anything. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm not, I'm, I'm not having a good outlet for that anger, but I don't know. Well, and I think the thing that's really, that we're seeing a lot of is like, people that have different perspectives and views. And especially because the pandemic has really made everybody reevaluate what's important to them and and how they see the world. So you have Mm -hmm. everybody's angry about something right now. Like, you know, you could pick a thing and, you know, have a room of three people and two of them will be angry about that. And then you could pick a different thing and a different Mm -hmm. two. Like it, it just, everyone's kind of angry and frustrated about something. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah. And you know, my AC just kicked on. Hopefully that's not going to affect the sound. If it does, I apologize, everyone. I'm working on a sound booth. I was hoping to have it already by today, but it's not. Anyways. So the, the idea that everyone is so angry about something like here in California, I would say 50% of the people are just really angry with the way we're handling the pandemic and the other 50, I guess everybody is kind of frustrated about the way we're handling the pandemic, I should say, but 50% are angry with the, the leadership and the other half are angry with the people that aren't wearing masks. And so it's just the dichotomy of what's happening is crazy because nobody can see the middle ground. Like I get it. Like having a small business, we've asked way too much of small business owners um, but that doesn't mean that because you're mad about that, like you should not wear a mask. Like, I, I don't know. I just, it's uh-huh. very confusing to me the way it's all being addressed. Like we could have small business opening if people were wearing masks. Like, I don't know. Seems, it seems like basic math to me, but I guess obviously that's not the case. Yeah. I saw, and maybe I'll have to edit this out. I don't know. But, um, on Facebook some today, someone had shared like this, 
okay, guys, like this is how it begins. First, it's, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not wearing a mask. I can't serve you. Tomorrow, it's, oh, I'm sorry, you, what was it? Like your social media profile had, you know, anti-government stuff on it, so we can't take your payment. And then, oh, I, your credit card, your credit's been denied because it shows that you made a donation to a church. It, it escalated, you know, I don't remember all the steps in between, right. but like up to basically like they're taking away our rights, right? This That's like the point. And I just wanted to scream at like, <laughs> there are, the government is already doing that, but to a group of people that you've already, that to you doesn't matter. It's not you. So the fact that you can't see that rights have already been routinely stripped away and these protests being illegal are, and, you know, having secret police kidnap people who are protesting, like that's already happening and that affects everybody's rights. But you are so focused on the fact that you have to wear a mask to go into a business that like you can't see anything else. And it's it's genuinely just insane to me like that, that that's what they think is going to happen. And they don't they don't realize what's already they're, they're so focused on that that they can't realize what's happening. Because right it's, in self, front of them. it's a self-centered focus and not an understanding. It's the same with, in my opinion, like the. All the people that want to fight for their Second Amendment right, but they're not willing to fight for the right to protest, which is also part of the Constitution. Because at the end of the day, all they want is to feel powerful holding a gun. <laughs> they fancy them, themselves some big hero. They, they, I mean, I, they don't actually give a fuck about rising up against a tyrannical government because if they did, they would be doing that right now. Well... No, that's not, I mean, from the people that I know, I'm going to say this in their defense. One, not all of the ones that I know that are uh, ready to fight for Second Amendment are, want to feel powerful with a gun. But two, they believe the rhetoric that they're violent, awful, property destruction protests, they're not peaceful protests. And if they were just peaceful, then this wouldn't be happening. And they don't, and they refuse to see that they are in fact peaceful. Uh, they start peaceful. They start peaceful, but and like escalated in by general, someone else, someone else being the police. Right. But even like, I'm because, because I'm part of the wall of moms now, like even I see like on nights when they're peaceful, they still get hoarded. Like even what just happened in Kentucky, all the police, they arrested every single person that participated in a protest and they were 100% peaceful. Yeah. Because they know they can get away with it. Exactly. I mean, it's just, so it, it's just all kind of a big mess. It's a shit yeah, show. That's sure. basically the phrase I've been throwing around. It's just a shit show right now. Um, and but it's that's excessive. not what we're here to talk about today. That isn't because I was, I, it's hard not to go down that path because I'm so consumed by it. I know that you are too, but, but that is not, not to talk about the today. goal of the podcast. We will talk about it. Yes. Slowly, as a matter of fact, we have an episode coming up. A friend of mine, we are going to interview her. Uh, she is African-American black, uh, and she, um, has a son and a daughter. And so we're going to talk to her about raising kids, particularly a son um, in the current America that we live in. So I'm excited to sit with her and do that. That I mean, will be that, coming up. That'll be really great. Yeah, for sure. Looking forward to that conversation and just giving her the chance to talk. 
think more than anything. Yes, for sure. Um, but today, we, especially because of the participation of J.K. Rowling in this oh, recent... I don't think we actually talk, actually talked about what you and I have been doing. <laughs> we talked about the fact that we haven't talked, and we talked about the fact that we're angry. We haven't actually talked about like our personal lives. Not that that really matters as much, <laughs> but like... Just Maybe as a catch-up? insight into why we've been busy and the things we've been juggling, just for context. Sure. Um, I haven't really been juggling much, but you have. Your life has been busy besides working extra hours. You moved. Yeah, working like crazy. I moved, yeah, which you and Dad did help me with. We Thank did. you. Um, couldn't have done it without you guys. They got to come up to San Francisco and see my new place, so that was awesome. But yes, I uh, moved in with my boyfriend, which is very exciting, into a bigger place because he has a dog. I have a cat. So, you what know. What was that sound in the background? There is some construction in my building. Oh. <laughs> um, it's probably probably going to keep happening. They are supposed to not be doing weekends, and yet here we are. Um, but it's directly underneath me. <laughs> oh, they're converting that garage. That may affect and our... It's Every day, and it starts at 7 a.m. Um, and goes until about 5. So <laughs> that's a pretty that's full been day. Super fun. Uh, they will uh, randomly uh, turn off the water, too. Not randomly, they try and give us 24 hours notice, but it's like I'll be home. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. I only worked a half day today, but I can't go home because I have no water and my bladder is the size of a pea, and I know that I'm going to need to go to the bathroom at some point. So. Yeah, it's been um, super fun. So sorry about that for you and editing purposes. Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know if, how I'll be able to do that. We'll see. Uh, you can, by the way, pee in a toilet without flushing it. Just FYI, if you had That's to true. go through. That's true. But <laughs> I worry that, like, you know, muscle memory will kick in and I'll flush. And you only get one. Like, once you flush it, you can only flush it one time because the bowl won't refill. So I do know how toilets it, work. It's, it's amazing. Um, I've been using them for 54 yes. years. It's crazy. Well, some people might be listening and never have had their water shut off or need, know that you can only flush it one time. I mean, oh, true, true. Okay. Thanks, lady. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the, move was, the move was a lot of fun. But for those of you who don't know, um, I have a lot of stuff. Uh, so I'm currently sitting in our office. And the office is still half full of boxes of stuff that is just my stuff, just stuff of mine that I don't know what to do where, like, I don't know where it's going to live. So, yeah. Yeah, well, my... It's stressful when you've been living by yourself for so long and are a little bit of order. What's funny is my whole goals for 2020, you know, one of them was to declutter and to go paperless. And... And mm -hmm. when the pandemic first came and quarantine happened, I was like, I'm going to get so much stuff done. And then, then I went into the quarantine phase of, oh, let me sign up for all these free things that are happening while we're on quarantine. And then depression hit and I did nothing. So basically, long story short, I've started over on all my goals for 2020 because uh, I got zero done, basically. I did start a couple new things that were maybe a mistake, maybe not. Um, <laughs> but the ones that I should have been working on, uh, I wasn't. As a matter of fact, I just, because I've been really putting a lot of pressure on myself since Orange Theory is closed to mm -hmm. figure out something that I will enjoy doing at home. And just yesterday, after thinking about it, I realized that I'm just going to not worry about it. 
I can wait until orange theory, That's and I'm gonna. Idea. I'm gonna focus on my diet and some of my other projects while I'm not sparsing my time between the gym. Since my hours are back to regular, I mean that means technically I have, mm-hmm. you know, a good four hours a week that I can focus on my diet and my projects, so I can get those habits mm-hmm. going strong, and then when the gym opens, I'll be ready to go. Well, that's good. It's a good system. Yeah, I feel like it was a big weight off my shoulders because I was just feeling, trying to fit everything in and feeling like I don't like working out at home. It's hard to find the motivation and all Mm -hmm. of that. And then I just realized... And going to the gym was such a big part of yours and dad's routine. Yeah. So I realized I'm just going to let it go. Like, it's fine. And if I work on my diet, I'll just be... Yeah, but if I I work on it uh, kind of the things with my diet, which I need to do anyways for my health um, Mm -hmm. because of the inflammatory thing that we talked about in another episode, I um, will have that just like all coordinated and part of my habit by the time the gym opens up is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Well, good for you. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. That's what we've been up to. Yeah. There's that on that. (laughs) In the middle of a quarantine. It's funny because people come into my work and they're still just like not working. Uh, When, when both like dad and I are both working because his work started back up again too, that it, Mm -hmm. it kind of jars me like, Oh yeah. Like I have to remind myself because I don't have contact with people other than like the few patients that are chatty when they come in uh, to my work uh, with people to get a, a touch base other than the ones, the ones that I know that are salon owners or hairdressers that aren't able to work. Mm-hmm. So it's been, it's been an interesting. Yeah, it's true. So many people still working from home and probably will continue to be for a long, long time too. Yeah, it's true. A lot of people are going to be working for a long time from home. Mm-hmm. I think the whole dynamic of, of businesses is going to probably end up changing, but that's just me. Well, I think so as well. I know I've, we're already seeing that in the city. So, which is part of the reason I'm working so much because all of my customers are home all the time now instead of just on the weekends. So I get, get you know, those, I get all that extra business throughout the week and at totally random times, hard to predict versus before everything was super predictable. So, yeah. And with students not being in the city, that's also got it is changing the dynamic as well. And even your workforce, right? You, do you, did everybody come back or no? I lost some people. Yeah. But, uh, I lost the right amount. Um, not in a negative way because you know, they, they had to go, they, they transferred back home because they couldn't stay in the dorms or anything. Right. Not, not negative by any means, but you know, while business is close to the same, it's not where it was before. So I don't have the same hours to give. So it, it balanced itself out. So I'm able to give, the correct amount of hours to the people who are still here who want it versus everyone had stayed. People would be struggling, you know, with hour reduction. So it all, it all worked out in the end, but if somebody wants to take a vacation or something like that, I usually have to end up working extra days myself. So Mm. it's a little challenging. Yes. I see that. Yeah. All right. (laughs) So shall we jump into this topic? Yeah, sorry, I interrupted your introduction of it. Go right ahead. Uh, no, we were... So, Harper's Magazine published an open letter uh, that a bunch of authors 
uh, signed regarding intolerance of opposing Cancel views. Culture. Yeah, but the title was the big enemy of the state right now, as we all know. <laughs> big problem right now in the world is cancel culture and nothing else. Thank true, you, J.K. Rowling, for bringing this to light. What would we do without you? Yeah, I mean, sarcasm. there's a lot to say about her, but well, let's just say immediately the the everybody had to start talking about their opinions of this letter, right? Um, and then there was a letter that came out that opposed it by a mm -hmm. lot of uh, black authors and publishers, right? Well, people uh, of color, not just black people, but people of color, oh, minorities. True. I feel like it's safe to say it was, it was minority driven journalists, authors, people in that industry. Yep. Yeah. Um, I was trying to find the uh, opposing letter before we got started and I didn't do that. So my bad, but I know it's a link. Um, I have wanna... several quotes from it. Okay. So yeah, cause there's the denounced open letter and then there's the letter. Uh, but I guess I just wanted to say in, as far as cancel culture, I mean, I, I in general, my personal opinion is that there are degrees of quote unquote cancellation that are totally and societally acceptable. And then there are other ones where we kind of veer off, but I think that those are a little rarer instance. And, and for the most part, cancel culture uh, is people punching up, right? Like people, you, you have this group or this, let's just say a person who says something offensive or does something offensive, promotes something offensive, whatever. Um, and then, so it's the yeah, min I mean, minority that kind of groups together and does the canceling basically is what I'm trying to say. So it's, that's why I say punching up. Let's, let's define cancel culture a little bit because I okay. think, I think that there's some confusion here. So you and I primarily looked at four, you looked at four, I looked at, four, I looked at three articles um, that sort of define cancel culture and sort of explain what's going on right now um, in regards to this letter. Um, one of them says cancel culture is all about basically driving someone into unemployment, which isn't true. Um, I, 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 wholeheartedly disagreed with that's that idea or that statement um because that doesn't equate that that implies that regular people regular joe schmoes are just being canceled every day for their views and that's just not true um there have been examples of people exhibiting racist behavior that was caught on camera um but even then those people aren't canceled with quotes around it that's that's not cancellation that's your racist behavior catching up to you not exactly the same thing right um, um cancel culture and this is my personal what, what i believe the definition to be i didn't get this from an article this is sort of how i chose to word it um, for myself and to me it rings the most true um cancel culture is a group of people sort of like you were saying whether it's minority minorities or not um, for the people that support the minority, what, I guess. 
too. Yeah, like we we will no longer support slash give voice to slash buy from this person or company. Like we are basically voting with our money, money, our time, our platforms to say that this person's views or actions or whatever um, is no longer something that we should be supporting. Uh, and that's where you see it in regards to the media and regards to like authors, um, which is sort of how we came about this letter, right? Right. We are saying I will no longer be, you know, giving voice to, let's just use J.K. Rowling as an example. Any other book she she publishes, I'm out on those. Um, you know, I'm not following her on Twitter. I've, 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 I've distanced myself from this person. I'm no longer giving her a voice or a platform or anything like that, right? That's essentially what cancel culture is. Uh, people speaking up for what they believe to be right. Um, it is ironic to me, and, and this is something that the third article sort of talks about, it's ironic to me that they feel as if they are threatened into unemployment with this canceling, right? This this ter terrible canceling when they're able to still publish a letter in um, this renowned magazine. Like clearly you are actually not in any sort of danger or threat. You're not about to starve to death in the street. You're not, it's not like you don't have people who support you and will give you a voice just because a group of people, maybe a large group of people, maybe a majority of people, when you look at it, and it depends on the person and the viewpoint, right? Just because they're saying we're done with you doesn't mean that the entire world is. I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous to feel like cancel culture is so toxic because it's impossible to you know, we, we can't have discussion of different viewpoints because no one's going to publish what we have to say because it's not politically correct or whatever. And that's just obviously not true because Harper's published your freaking letter. <laughs> so clearly the fact that you were able to publish it yourself and not have, not have to pull in newsies and create your own newspaper to publish it means you still have a voice. Well, and I, so that's my rant on that. Well, I want to say that I think, um, and a couple of things to what you said is one is the people that, I mean, there are people like just random people, not famous people, like they say something super offensive and there are people on the internet that say, let's get them fired or let's make their employer aware. But in general, what I have seen is the people lose their job because with social media and the ever presence of who, who your social, who your employer is, uh, you, you're representing them. And so if you're doing this, you, you are giving their company who may lose money and may not be able to market to certain demographics because of what they, they associate, you know, you with that employer. And that's why people lose their job. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like, it's so silly well, because it's not a going against free speech. They had the opportunity to say how they felt and then they were, there were consequences because of it. Absolutely. Um, and I think that this is something that the fourth article talked about as well, that let's let's look at any tweet, right? Any any tweet with a questionable view, whether it's racist, transphobic, whatever. Mm -hmm. If that person is, and we're talking just a regular person, right? If that person is quote unquote canceled and now we, we are going to advocate for you to lose your job, there are still going to be hundreds of thousands of tweets in response to that that 
basically voice the same opinion. Like, I support this stance. This is a good stance. And there isn't a wave of mass firings across the nation because it doesn't work that way. If someone states a view, stands with it, and happens to work for a company or organization that is accessible, then, yeah, like, of, of course, we're going to advocate for it. That doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to lose their job. But like, of course, people are going to advocate for that. Like, this, this particular corporation, industry, whatever, states that they are in support of these things. This employee is in contradiction of that. What are you going to do? People right. aren't going to advocate for a Walmart greeter who, who tweeted something offensive to lose their jobs because Walmart's a questionable company anyways. If we're talking about a university, like this, this person is directly in charge of teaching students and these are the views that they are holding and teaching. That's not a good idea. That's a totally different situation. Of course, we're going to advocate for a firing of that person. And I'm right. saying we because I have absolutely been in support of that. Well, and even you have companies so like, like real estate agents that have to in the area they live in, they have to market to everybody. So you can't have this, the stigma that you're associated with this person who is completely uh, racist, racist, let's just say, or if you state your opinion, even if, and you're not willing to kind of learn or be informed about why people, that's the problem with a weak defensive, you know, with, with not having a, a open debate like if you're shutting down everybody that disagrees with you and then they decide mm -hmm. you're part of cancel culture which is jk rowling is a perfect example where people have tried oh, to talk yeah. to her about why why what you're saying is harmful to transgender people oh my god why, and so she and years, she just gets angry thinking yeah exactly she got the benefit of the doubt for so many years even a previous episode of this podcast we touched on this briefly and you right. even said I don't know. I, I, I try to give her the benefit of the doubt because I could totally understand like saying, putting your foot in your mouth on a national right. scale. I totally get that. Um, so for so many years, she had the benefit of the doubt. She had the time to educate herself and the resources and the people who were willing to do it and still chose not to. So at this point you have gotten what's coming to you. And if people choose to no longer support you, you have earned every second of that. So well, and how many times have we? Yeah, you know, like this has happened a lot too, where you someone says something, and like if you want to call it cancel culture kicks in, right? And then they say, "Hey, you're right. I've learned. I realize that my words have more meaning than I think, and I should, I should really figure out what I'm going to say before I say or like whatever." There's no like quote unquote canceling of that person. Everyone's just like, okay, yeah, you know. Some people, some people may still be mad, but like, there's a lot to be said for being educated and actually apologizing. But for the most part, it, it blows over depending on the apology. <laughs> we've seen a lot of bad apologies and we've seen a lot of good apologies. Yeah. It depends, depends on how good so. the apology is for sure. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think a really good example of that too is, um, Aziz Ansari, right? We all know what happened to sort of get him in this situation. Um, and mm -hmm. Even in the moment, the text messages that happened between him and this girl, you know, in the moment when it happened, he was very apologetic. Um, and when everything came out, he, in in my opinion, delivered one of the better apologies during the Me Too movement. Probably one of the best ones. It, 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 it in no way was, well, I mean, 
it seemed okay. So I don't understand the big deal. It was, I am taking time to step back and reevaluate all of this because clearly decisions that I have made have met, made people and women uncomfortable. And I am not okay with that. And his actions backed that up. He took away, he stepped away from comedy. He didn't do anything for a long, long time. Um, and that was because he knew that it wasn't, it wasn't the right moment to make it about him. And I have to respect that, you know, and I, I still support him. It's unfortunate what happened, but if he could take that opportunity to grow from it, then that's great. Not that I think that negative sexual experiences with women should be a growing opportunity for men. I'm not trying to say that at all, but I can see how this particular situ situation was complicated and very, very difficult for everybody involved. And how that particular situation actually led to a greater conversation on a, like a national scale too yeah. about enthusiastic consent versus just lack of a no. So I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, that's a good example of someone who maybe delivered a good apology and now is no longer like canceled. Like if you see Aziz Ansari's name, like pe people don't go crazy. I think the direct counter to that would be, um, oh shoot, his name just left me. Uh, Louis C.K., the exact opposite of a classy way to handle a, a situation. Yeah. It's been it's been nauseating to, to see the things that he's done and the jokes that he's made to try okay. to be relevant. And, yeah. And how he has just never once felt like accepted any responsibility for how he made people around him feel, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, so. I 100% agree with you. And I, the same falls for calls for JK. It's kind of sad because I kind of watched a lot of that unfold. And the other thing is on a side note from one of my big issues with JK is like in one minute, she's tweeting how much she loves Stephen King. And then he said, trans women are women. And she deleted her. I love Stephen King. Like if you're open to debate and unfollowed him and blocked him on Twitter. Yeah. Right. And, and you're against cancel culture. Why did you just cancel your favorite, one of your favorite authors that you admire and look up to? Like that makes zero sense. You're so contradictory. I can't handle it. So that's the side yeah, note. I, mean, um, I, I, but, I do, I do understand the fear of cancel culture going too far and who's to decide, um, who's to decide what leads to cancellation and what doesn't that's difficult, blah, 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 blah. Um, I do, I do understand that for sure. Um, especially when it comes to right now, I think a good example of that is Chrissy Teigen. Mm -hmm. Um, a bunch of her old tweets from like 2013, 2014 were brought back up and she said some pretty questionable things. Um, mm -hmm. one in particular was, I mean, I don't really remember what it, what it was, exactly but you know just questionable like stuff about kids um uh -huh. the one that one that i remember in particular is about toddlers and tiaras about how she feels like she should be put in jail for watching the show because the kids are half naked doing the splits like some gross stuff right like i get it some gross stuff um but it was also so many years ago and i also know that I said some pretty gross things in 2013, 2014 that I wouldn't want unearthed and I wouldn't be proud of. So if she's growing from it, if she's a different person now, and not just her, but anybody, 
what's the sense in canceling someone when they've made growth? Like we should be rewarding that. Right. It's even just like the, um, I think about a lot when you talk about cancel culture, uh, Ariana Grande, uh, when she said, I hate mm. America. And, mm-hmm. and like, it was in context of she's trying to be healthy or thin or whatever her idea was, you know, and she's in a donut shop. Right. And then she licked the donut, which was all bad. But, and then she tried to give a good apology and that was all bad. Just making it worse. But I hate like, America you know how many, I was just going to say, you know how many times I say I hate America and like for different things, like funny, sometimes I'm being funny and sometimes I'm just like, I'm being 100% serious. Like this is just horrible. So I'm probably going to say that every single episode of this podcast this season. I mean, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just think that's pretty funny. But, and with Chrissy Teigen, like she, she's very outspoken against uh, a certain uh, person in politics. And so you could see why people would be going after any little thing they could do to try and get her canceled as well. Absolutely. Yeah. This idea that she visited Epstein's Island, which she said repeatedly, I haven't the transcript. So she hasn't. And she even said, if I had, I would have been a victim. Like, you guys are stupid, but people are still holding on to that idea of, no, she was there. Well, she was a bad person, she was there. <laughs> that's because it was probably published on some program that publishes all the lies that America's consuming right now. And we won't name names just to give them any credibility, but we know um, it begins with a B and ends with an art. Oh, I was thinking the one that starts <laughs> with an F. Uh, no, they take things that are a little less extreme and kind of filter them out, but it generally starts with the B one. Yeah. Anyway, anyways. So yeah, I mean, in the last article, when you said just, just for reference to everyone, it's a HuffPost article titled don't fall for the cancel culture scam. Um, mm-hmm. and I believe that's and it's it's a great article. Huff, it, it's in HuffPost, but it's kind of basically saying, is this exaggerated or even an, uh, a non-issue? And that's kind of where I feel like we're, we're, everything's changing the dynamic of what society in general finds acceptive, acceptable um, is, is evolving. Like we're learning more and more uh, having a strong reaction to racism and even subtle racism at this point. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're learning more and more about sex trafficking and what that, what that means and how, uh, women's bodies are used. So that's changing. Like, you know, there's so many of these topics that everything's really like hitting this point of changing almost in the last five years, mm-hmm. but we get a lot and I'm going to say it, even though we're trying to stay away from politics, but it does seem like certain conservatives try to do this kind of fear mongering that your opinion is going to cause you damage. The left is horrible. Basically their Mm -hmm. general attitude about every, but everyone, Mm -hmm. Um, which is funny to me because they're the biggest ones of canceling. Like what I was thinking when we were reading about this, I mean, obviously Colin Kaepernick comes straight to mind. Like Mm -hmm. that was a large scale, uh, black people aren't allowed to protest, so we're going to cancel him. And, and he's and- still like th- there's even after all this time and all of the um, all the all the groundwork that he laid and how far it's come. Not not that it's over by any means, but 
you would think that at this point he would be able to recover like some people that the left has canceled have been able to recover, but no, Mm -hmm. not at all. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely changing and, and, and history will see who ends up where, but I think it'll, history will have it. It's just like uh, Muhammad Ali, you know, not just like, but it, it reminds me of Muhammad Ali because when he, refused to be drafted and dodged the draft. He was just vilified. And then after the war was over and he became a great fighter, like when, when I was growing up, I never even knew until I saw the movie that he dodged the draft. Mm-hmm. But like my dad was like, Oh yeah, he's not a very good guy because of that. So it just is very, uh, how the story changed. And then he was respected for doing that and what he said and what he stood for. Uh, but I even think about uh, one of the biggest cancellations that really bothers me. <laughs> People might laugh at this, but like the Dixie Chicks. The D- Dixie Chicks are still struggling to, like, I if I hear one of their songs on the radio, I'm like, what station's playing this? Because it's very rare that country music will play their songs still. Mm-hmm. I mean, so let's talk about cancellation. And all they said is, we're sad our president's from Texas when everybody was protesting the war at the time. So it just made zero sense that they were singled out mm-hmm. and and then threatened with their life. Well, because they're in their country music, which is predominantly conservative. And, and that's exactly what I mean. That's what it looks like when it, it's, it's not cancellation when a conservative does it. It's, it's justice, right? Isn't that what you said? <laughs> Yeah, that's what I've written down here. Yeah, just what do they call? They call justice. And I I also wrote down that it's that cancel culture is viewed as a liberal thing because, you know, we just say we basically, again, having the higher ground as we usually have to, we basically just say don't support this this person, industry, whatever. Right. When I mean, of course, that there's some there's some unnecessary tweeting or calls to action that are rude or cross the line, but it, those are mostly outliers versus uh, when it's more of a conservative cancellation. Um, it's constant, like this person was stalked or, you know, they, they had to hire a bodyguard because they had so many death threats and were told that they were going to get raped or whatever it is. Or usually it has something to do with guns too, because, you know, that that's a guns and conservatives just sort of go hand in hand. So there's, you know, they're going to shoot them. They're going to find them. They're going to shoot them. Like it, it just, it becomes one of those things. And that, that's how they do it. You know, like you need to fire this person, this person needs to get out of a job or we're going to X, Y, Z. Yeah. Well, or there's definitely completely different dynamics to the way they handle it. And like, like we said, just using, just using the keywords if, and this is a generalization, but like if the left's doing it, it's cancel culture and and people are afraid to uh, say their opposing view. And if the right does this, it's justice and somebody's going to get murdered. Like, I don't know, (laughs) you know, there's, there's death threats involved. So it's kind of, I mean, granted, those are those are generalizations. Well, if it's women, it they don't they aren't threatening their life as much as they're threatening their bodies. Yep. 
So it's, it's very fascinating. Even, you know, just like even Fauci getting threatened with his life because he's has an opposing view. Like, are, are we really a, a, a scientific point of view, by the way? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, well, um, I don't think we have the answers for this, but obviously we believe that it's not really an issue. It's just uh, a little more exaggerated. And the media feeds into that as well. Uh, I mean, I do have to, um, I do, do want to say my friend, uh, has a blog and she's on Facebook and someone, someone was being rude or arguing with her about something. And I know one of her friends on her private page that I'm on was like, what's their name? Let's get them fired. And so I, I do randomly see that kind of thing happening. And to me, it was like, why would you want to get them fired? And that's what she said. She's like, I don't want them fired. Like this, this is something I'm dealing with. And I'm just letting you guys know that this is what happens when you get to a certain level. Like mm-hmm. you, you know, so you do, you do see that. I mean, I think people love to get giddy with power and maybe the, uh, the person mm-hmm. that said that was joking. I don't know, but I, I was kind of surprised to like, whoa, we went from, like who you know like what's going on what is this person saying to let's get them fired it's just kind of like wow well you know that um i think that this is probably the note we should end on then in the fourth article i i wrote down this quote um because it it is is really i think a a strong viewpoint particularly to end on and i think we should probably link the articles on the facebook page but particularly um the huffington post one which is the fourth article which is the one i'm about to quote mm-hmm. um they say uh similarly if cancel culture is really about ordinary people being fired after being targeted by social media mobs the solutions are clear the vast majority of american employment is at will meaning companies can fire their workers for any reason and at any time a great way to fix the fix this problem would be to advocate for stronger unions and better employment protections. So there you go. Yep. I if mean, that's, that's... if that's really what the fear of cancel culture is, then let's look at a systemic answer and not think that we need to take away the internet. Yes. Uh, and I will even post a link to the contrary article that somehow came up, uh, by a conservative news um, that just, you know, kind of- That's the one that I didn't have the energy to read. (laughs) Well, I was just like, it's it's a little, um, just because it's funny, it says college children, not college students or adults, uh, who spit on the great books and the Bible. That's one of the lines in there. And then the unfortunate woke white woman disorder. We would fall in that category. We have, we have the unfortunate woke white woman disorder. I got to shake it off and take my vitamins. We should um, definitely tweet that out. (laughs) Um, And you, I mean, you could kind of see the difference, how this is somewhat fear mongering too, of like being afraid of cancel culture uh, the other article had some statistics and uh, that was one thing we didn't really talk about, but like how 
it showed they did some polling and what men that were in professional career, older men in professional careers were afraid of speaking their opinion. Something like that. We're, we're more afraid than others. Is that what are you you're talking about? The one that said that college educated Republicans are afraid to speak their views. Is that the one you're talking about? Um, yeah, but it, it had a, it had a graph. Yeah, it was, uh, it was talking about college educated Republicans are the people who are college educated conservatives, sorry, are the people who are the most afraid to speak their political views in the workplace because they think that they're, that that could have repercussions. Yeah. And I mean, I just post post grad, I thought it was kind of a funny uh, fact, I guess. Because yeah, we have, but we have a couple of articles time that we you read. Learn more, you do better. Well, it didn't. It didn't necessarily give ages, but also they have a post grad education. But I also assumed that they were probably older. But I don't know. That was an assumption on my part. I will say. Anyways. Anyways, so we don't like I said, just. Off to another topic. We didn't solve anything. We just kind of hope maybe some people have a better understanding of what cancel culture is and how maybe it's not as big as of a concern as the media makes it out to be or certain people that you may know. Yeah. Yeah. End of, end of the story. And the it's story. a pendulum, right? I mean, that might fall under the pendulum too. And we just have to wait and see how it swings but right now it's not as bad as it seems in our opinions and we are professional opinioners <laughs> <laughs> if you like grown up and grounded please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using this will help other people find our podcast as always we want to give a big shout out to dave depper who provides the music we use in our episodes the song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com.